guys, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 559 being recorded on Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019, I think. I'm Sebastian. You're correct. And I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walrath, and I'm not going to cut off my words like Sebastian is right now. You know, I can almost do a Phil Hartman with that. It just is really Almost. Yeah, I thought you were doing a Shatner, but I, I it seamlessly transitioned to Hartman. I, I appreciated yeah, no, that. Shatner would be like, we don't have time for Shatner. In <laughs> still waiting. five minutes. <laughs> the middle of the Mississippi. No. Okay. So a number of things going on. We're actually going to lead with news this time. We're going to try something a little bit different. We're doing a little bit of a shorter show for reasons this week. We didn't have a show last week. We're getting back on track slowly. So we're going to... Get through some news topics here, cover a little bit of uh, some of the review output we've had in the last two weeks, which is pretty considerable. But first, uh, there was a big event today, guys. I don't know uh, if anybody actually watched through it. They were live streaming it. Microsoft had a Surface event. And uh, we were, you know, the the people over at Throat.com, I think it was actually um, Mehedi who posted this, but basically like everything that was announced at the service event. Uh, Jeremy, you wrote up a post for us about this. What can you tell us about Microsoft's latest surfaces? Well, I mean, there's sort of four big families that were interesting and got announced. The first, as you'd expect, is uh, a brand new set of Surface laptops sticking with the normal 13 and a half, 15 and 17 inch models. But the interesting thing is the 15-inch model, also known as the AMD Ryzen Microsoft Surface Edition, which mm. is inside of it for the first time ever, a custom, they didn't specify exactly how, but customized Ryzen 7 chip with Vega graphics, which is a huge win for AMD and great for those that like a choice because you can still go with a 15-inch that is Intel-powered. And... The 13 and a halfs are all Intel powered with Ice Lake. So we're finally going to get our hands on this new processor and the new graphics core, which will be rather interesting. And the 17 inches, possibly Ice Lake, but I didn't really see specifics on what it is. So it's quite possible that you're stuck with a slightly older version, uh, possibly paired with some sort of graphics core. All of them have USB-C which is just wonderful and quite frankly, far too late in coming. But what we didn't sort of see coming and expecting is that they have removable SSDs now. So if you do end up wanting to upgrade or your SSD dies, you actually can easily swap it out, which is a a big step for Surface. So a lot of changes there. The Surface Pro X, which is a little more interesting. I sort of think of it as uh, an iPad Pro type device, except it's running a fully functional version of Windows 10. It's ARM powered and it has a fancy SQ1 chipset, which I haven't seen before, but incorporates Qualcomm Snapdragon for graphics. It's being claimed to be about three times the performance of the previous one. The screen is beautiful, uh, 2880 by 1920 on the 12-inch high-contrast screen. And it's got uh, a slightly slimmer pen which comes with it. And the pen can actually be stored in the optional keyboard that you can order, which snaps on like previously we've seen. in them. So it gives you all the functionality of that uh, iPad Pro, but you're actually running a full-out Windows on ARM, which is interesting and much better than the original way that we saw Windows come to ARM. The Neo is the one that we posted about uh, earlier that uh, is the the foldable laptop. So essentially you've got two five points, uh, you've got two, uh, I believe it was 11 inch screens attached via a hinge so that the top can function as a display as you'd expect. The bottom can actually become a keyboard and trackpad and such so that you, as well as accepting input from a pen so that you actually get a chance to type away on it, or you can use it foldable like you've seen it. So it's, it's a full sort of magazine sized. Thankfully they didn't go the Samsung way 
and try and make the screen bendable. So the hinge is unlikely to snap and break very quickly. Uh, it's, they've also gone with the uh, optional keyboard on this as well. Uh, it'll either magnetically clip on to the bottom screen so that you can still type with a little bit of tactile feedback because typing directly on a touchpad can be odd for those that aren't used to it. And it doesn't cover the whole thing, so you still get your trackpad and some extra features that can be shown below the keyboard. And it's also Bluetooth, so if you just want to keep the two screens, you can still happily use it. Then finally is what some have been waiting for and some are scratching their heads about. There's a new Intel or a new Microsoft phone. The Surface Phone or Surface Duo, as they like to call it, is very much a scaled down version of the Neo that I, I just mentioned. So you've got two 5.6 inch screens and a hinge. And so you can use it folded out like a, a relatively decent sized tablet albeit with a bezel in the middle, or you can fold it all the way around 360 so that it's about the size of a, a large phone nowadays. You're again, not going to have to worry about the same issues that you do. If you back up a Samsung fold, the chances are it is going to survive. The hinge looks very similar to what we've been seeing on these sorts of devices before. It's just a wee bit smaller. And as I mentioned, it is a phone. So it's got some certain apps. It will be Android powered, believe it or not. Now it will be skinned to look like, uh, I like windows X OS, which, uh, the Neo is running, but at the heart of it, it is actually going to be an Android phone. So it's not, we're not seeing windows mobile come back, which is really a good thing. Cause that was just a nasty, nasty experience. Those, Two foldable <laughs> devices we're not going to see until sometime probably late in 2020. Uh, the other two will be around very, very soon. So if you're looking at getting a Ryzen-powered Surface, or if you're interested in an ARM-powered one, or you finally want to get your hands on Ice Lake, should be able to do that fairly soon. I love the the fact that there is now a Windows 10X coming on 10. the heels of... Yeah, like the, the public having to get used to calling an iPhone X... 10, uh, you know, Roman numerals are popular for Super Bowls, but I think that's pretty much the extent of most Americans' uh, familiarity with them. But yeah, 10X and then the Surface Pro X, which is pronounced X and not 10, I assume. Uh, why? I just I don't understand why. No, there is no why yet. That's uh, yoga. Josh, uh, do you have any thoughts about the Surface announcements before we move on to our next exciting news topic? AMD. AMD, yes. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a big deal that uh, both of them, it's a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, they're both uh, supposedly custom parts. <clears throat> AMD is a, a custom with uh, Zen Plus and uh, Vega, Vega 9 and 11, I believe. Did you already go over this? Did I miss it? What was I thinking? Was I looking over Kindle crap for links? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about this, you Tom. Know, you know, I was looking, and uh, Gordon Maung over at PC World was saying that it's either going to have a Ryzen 7 3780U with Vega 11 graphics or a Ryzen 5 3580U with Vega 9 graphics. So I don't know if they yeah, got they, that confirmed there. Or... I've seen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, there there could be some specialty stuff in there uh, that that Microsoft oh, you has, you know, asked them to do. Um, what is that? The the TDP looks right. I mean, like a 15-watt part makes mm -hmm. sense. Haven't, haven't they gone up to 25 watts in the Surface Pro devices before? So I mean, Yeah, and with Ice Lake, you'll be able to toggle that as well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it has the TDP up. Um, yeah, no, uh, and then the, uh, the, what is it, the S10, S1? What's the Q, SQ? SQ1. SQ1, yeah, it's that's yeah. that it kind of looks like uh, very similar to the Qualcomm, the Qualcomm, Qualcomm. Uh, what is what is their big uh, laptop ARM chip that they made a big deal about about six months ago? Come on, think, damn it! Oh, I don't Emma? remember. HCX. That's the one. Yes, that, uh, this you, looks very very similar, but it might have again. A, a kind of semi-custom part uh, that Microsoft worked with Qualcomm on 
to uh, give them a few more things with uh, machine learning, uh, you know, slightly better graphics. You know, I think they, they made it a little bit more robust than what they have, but it still fits in that same kind of TDP range. It's seven nanometer part. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see where Microsoft is going there. They're really, you know, sowing the seeds of, of uh, multiple interesting uh, uh, hardware choices. And, uh, you know, AMD is going to be happy. Qualcomm's going to be happy. I mean, uh, you know the the surface r isn't that what it was called or whatever the the, the, the based one that just yeah. rt and yeah 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 it was it was bad Pro uh, they're they're kind of you know working around that they they have a much better uh translation layer in software that works so much better i mean stuff just actually kind of works i mean maybe not always great you're not going to want this for like gaming and other heavy duty stuff, but things that are that are uh, um, compiled for for you know the ARM stuff is going to run perfectly fine. They're going to have good TDP. It's going to be snappy. Uh, all the good things that, that came uh, from that HCX uh, is going to be a little bit better in this, and I think a little bit better engineered overall. In terms of build quality and, and stuff that you know, surfaces has become known for. So, uh, this is a really nice offering because they're they've got what the the ten series from Intel in some of them. Uh, they've got the dual screen. They've got interesting design choices. They're expanding out their product portfolio and product line, um, and they're spreading the love around in terms of hardware. And so, this is a big boost for AMD, and and uh, you know, hopefully. It will be a continuing thing, and then maybe we'll see, you know, Zen 2 and uh, what is the latest dang thing called? Not Polaris Vega, but... RDNA? Navi? Navi. Navi. God, there's just too many coders hey, running listen. around my brain. Yeah, oh, you're not uh, kidding. You mentioned, Josh, something about 10 series, and that's a wonderful transition that I'll borrow from to move on to the next topic, which was Let Intel... Us who, I don't know, there was this leak on videocards.com, supposedly valid information about these new Intel high-end desktop parts. And then uh, Intel decided to release some information about these. Uh, there's a couple of slides they've actually publicly released. I wrote up a quick post on this to get those on the site. And the new Cascade Lake X products that are coming, this is 10th gen, but it's high-end desktop. So those are generally... A little bit behind. This is still based on Skylake architecture. It's still going to be 14 nanometer. But what they're doing is being extremely aggressive on clocks, as we can see here, but even more aggressive on price. And the pricing Half that we'd price. see. In, yeah. What this is that this what Jeremy posted based on the videocards.com link has been corroborated by Intel officially. And if you're listening, I will read to you these. There's only four SKUs they've released so far, but there's the Core i9, and these are those longer product names, the 10900X, and that is going to be, that's 10 cores, 20 threads, $590. And these are 1K tray prices, so we don't know what the actual retail is going to be. This is if you bought 1,000 units from them. But then the the... The 10920X, you move up to a 12-core, 24-thread part, and that's important because now we're looking at, okay, direct competition with the 3900X if you can buy one, and that's 689 So now, instead of their cheapest 12-core, 24-thread part being $1,200, and AMD more than, you know, having that with the $499 list price of that 3900X, now Intel is coming out with a part that's within about $100 of it, which is interesting. And then we move up to the 10940X, which is 14 thread or 14 cores, 28 threads. That's 784. And then the top of the heap is the 10980XE, which is their extreme edition, super high end, 18 core, 36 thread part. And that is 979. And to give you a frame of reference, if you don't memorize processor, you know, core counts and pricing. If you go on to Amazon right now and try to buy their current high-end, which is the Core i9-9980XE. So you're a high-end desktop user, you want to build an Intel desktop, 
not interested in AMD right now. That's $1,989, $2,000 basically just for the CPU. And that's their 18 core 36 thread part right now. So when these hit and they're saying November, that's it's going to be less than half as much. I mean, we'll, we'll have to look at what street prices are, but like Jeremy said, it's half. So they're giving you roughly twice the performance per dollar. And that's if there weren't any architectural advantages, any actual performance increases gen over gen, which I'm sure there will be. But, you know, these, these so clocks look pretty aggressive too. But, you know. Well, right. So uh, there's nothing on here about PCIe 4. It says PCIe 3.0 lanes on the chart. It's it's higher now, up to 72 lanes. So if, if there's 24 lanes in X299, that means that would be 48 lanes for these, unless something is changing with PCIe 3X. So as compared so. to 16 for the Kentucky Shroud edition. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So yeah, if you want to move up from just the regular K series parts to high-end desktop, I mean look at the price difference. If you were to get a 9900 k right now, that's uh it's selling, I think, usually for around 450 to 480. But go about a hundred dollars more and you can get a, a CPU with more threads. You go from 8 and 16 to 10 and 20 on the core and thread count. Lower clocks, but still, I mean, the turbo up to 4.5 and, you know, more PCIe lanes. So if you're if you're lane constrained and that's that's got you down like and the, the previously like jumping up to high end desktop on in, Intel is such a huge financial hurdle. This makes As compared such a difference. to say the X570 boards, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean AMD. It it was staggering to see the core counts. Obviously, they've been able to deliver with Zen two, and just a tremendous amount of you know PCIe lanes in addition to all of those cores, and that's such a low price per core. Intel had to do something, and they're clearly doing something. We'll have to look at what the rest of the lineup looks like when they announce all of that stuff, but. X series looks pretty competitive. I don't know what you guys think about. I mean, yeah, obviously the pricing huge, is super uh, aggressive. It's a huge change for Intel. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, we're going to drop our prices essentially by half in this performance segment, and uh, yeah, you're still going to be playing paying plenty for for motherboards, um, but yeah, not that much more than uh, you know a. a 3900x from uh from amd at 450 499 and a high-end x570 board so yeah they're they're right in the ballpark and uh they're gonna talk about their their boost and they're gonna talk about their ipc and they're gonna show off some of the other good things that are coming with the uh was it cascade again cascade like Yes, Cascade Lake. Uh, yeah, not Lake Field. That's the other one. Now, now these are these are still fourteen plus plus plus, right? Yeah, yeah, because they they haven't quite gotten ten nanometer to to hit those one sixty five watt TDPs. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know the biggest thing that we're probably going to see AMD really harp on is you know we've got next generation PCI four point We've got NVMe drives that actually can burst at that speed you know we're, we're not talking you know really crazy uh mixed kind of workloads that uh will will saturate a pca 4.0 bus much less pcie 3.0 but you know it's it's a selling point for them and uh you know they're going to put out the 5700s they're going to probably put out the 5500s soon that will all support pcie 4.0 and they're going to trumpet that stuff to the moon because it is a major jump i mean intel has had the lead on next generation pcie uh specifications since they introduced it way back in the day with pcie 4.0 uh 1.0 so yeah uh fun 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 stuff glad intel is is getting going there and especially more PCIe lanes because they've been really stingy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the chat. Like, uh, thank you, Intel, for making previous uh, 980XE owners feel price gouged. You know what? I, I feel your pain. If you spent $1,200 thinking, no, I'm all in on Intel within the last year or so, 
how bad would you feel if there was a part that outperformed it that was uh, half the cost a year later? I don't know, like someone who price. bought a 2080 Ti? <sighs> yeah, but that's still the king of the hill. Like, where where is the GPU? Or, sorry, a 2080, yes, right now? as opposed to Okay, super. right, you're right. That's yeah, if I you mean. bought a non-super anything. If I spent, yeah, if I spent $700 on even a 2080 and the 2070 Super comes out, that's r- roughly the same performance depending on which, you know, aftermarket card you buy. I would be a little annoyed, but hey, that's the same thing has happened to me before. Buy something, and right away it's like two hundred dollars less. Um, speaking of buying things, uh, Jeremy, you wrote this up: AMD Ryzen Pro series. Now we'd seen leaks about these lower wattage non-X variants of some of the Ryzen three thousand CPUs, and it made sense that those would be coming. What would happen if you just don't clock them as aggressively? And hit that 65 watt TDP target, and obviously the 3700X already does that. But you could fit them into some smaller form factors, eh? Yeah. In fact, popular small form factors like Lenovo Think Centers and HP Elite desks, which is another big win for AMD. Uh, again, you weren't really seeing AMD as a choice in these, let alone them being one of the primary models. So with the 3000 series, uh, you've got two Ryzen Pro families, and there's even an Athlon Pro for those of you who really want to go back. Uh, essentially, you've got the, a, a 9, a 7, and a 5 Pro, the 3900, 3700, and 3600, which lack Vega graphics, but make up for it in core counts where you've the, the high-end Ryzen 9 3900 has 12 cores and 24 threads. It'll boost up to 4.3 gigahertz, has 70 uh, megabytes of pooled cache and is 65 watt. This is great. This is a tiny little machine that can you can fit on your desk without taking up much room and you get a lot of power. You want to go even more entertaining. There's Ryzen 5 Pro 3400G, a 3400GE, and the same with the threes with a 3200G and GE. They come with Radeon Vega graphics built in. Uh, the fives have 11 CUs, while the threes are only eight CUs. But still, this gives you everything that you need right off the bat. And sure, the, the, the fives are the only multi-thread. It's the, the threes, you are going to have four cores and four threads. But then again, depending on which model you ca- take, you can drop your TDP down to 35 watts, which is just, you know, wild and wacky for a desktop processor. The Athlon Pro, if you want to have fun, uh, the the 300G gives you two cores and four threads, still at a 35-watt TDP, although three CUs is going to hurt you a little bit, but if you're doing a point-of-sale thing or if you're looking at, you know, uh, one of the old sort of style machines that you can attach with a VESA mount to the back of your monitor, that's what it's going to be brilliant for. So we're going to see these coming out. And the the other part was with the pros, uh, and we've seen this before, is they they focus a little bit more on hardware mitigation of, you know, memory attacks uh, and are fully completely compliant with uh, TPM 2.0 and a couple of the other things that you can get uh, that are baked into Windows. So the idea being that not only is it reasonably priced, relatively small it's also designed for security so it's just beautiful for a business that's doesn't have a lot of money to throw around but is looking to upgrade to something that they know is going to be secure and keep them happy for a couple of years so this is really nice to see for amd like they're in the surface now we've got hp lenovo going for them and if you as we're seeing more of the pictures come out the, the the systems are tiny and they're relatively nice looking. So I expect to see that a few of these in the market uh, going on sale very soon that uh, people are going to be scooping up. And yes, it does have a DVD drive. As all proper computers should. Oh man, that, mm-hmm. that totally sold me on that. I thought, I thought it would. Uh, better get my wallet out. I wonder how long it'll be until you can find these like the 3900 non-X part on eBay. Because there are certain lower TDP parts from AMD recently, I think, that I had to like search for from Asian sellers, and they weren't actually in the U.S. pipeline. But 
I have not heard any. I don't know if you guys have heard anything if they're actually going to be selling like a non X thirty nine hundred outside of the OEM market, but I think there's a market for it. Sure. Yeah. You know, do it for seventy five bucks less. And uh, you know, you don't have nearly the boost and uh overclocking ability, but it's a lot of cores. It's a lot of threads. It's a lot of cores. And at sixty five watt TDP, that's yeah. That's nice. This chiplet thing, it might have a future. <laughs> I think so. I think I think you're onto something, Josh. <laughs> um but you know, there was some other news. We've we've heard ramblings. We've heard news about. I know Jeremy posted about delays uh, potentially coming up for you know chip makers, supply problems for both yeah. Intel and AMD. We talked about this a few months ago. It's it, the same rumors are swirling around again, and I don't know if that's behind this or not. But right after our last show, when I was I was off uh, that week, but Jim posted news on the twentieth of this delay amd actually officially came out and announced the delay of the 3950x which originally was slated for september of course that was nearing the end of the month they weren't ready so it's been delayed until november now now there's different there's speculation about why it's been delayed their official statement says we are focusing on meeting the strong demand for our third generation AMD Ryzen processors in the market and now plan to launch both the AMD Ryzen 9 3950X and initial members of the third gen AMD Ryzen Threadripper fa- processor family in volume this November. Um, so what do you guys think? Is this because they're just kind of stockpiling, they want to sell in greater volume? Or when you look at the lack of a lot of 3,900Xs in the market already, and then some of the speculation about uh, capacity problems maybe with TSMC. Uh, what do you think? Is this maybe 7 nanometer related, or is it... Like, I heard I heard a rumor about clock speeds, that maybe they weren't hitting the clock speeds that they had advertised for the 3950X. They were, they were holding off. Is that viable? Yeah, I, th- I think my gut feeling here is that they only have so many wafer starts. Seven nanometer looks like it's pretty healthy. The design looks like it's good, but they're probably funneling off as many of the high-end, good binning chips to Epic rather than doing desktop, which is what you know, seven hundred fifty bucks for the thirty-nine fifty X versus you can throw some of those chips into a six to twelve thousand dollar part. What are you going to do? So can you guys hear that? All the rattling in yeah. the back? Yeah. Yep. I'm, it, just sounds like you're in, it sounds like my, you're in a my, fine restaurant. My family's restaurant, doing dishes. Yep. Look, it just, is. I, just, I live in a yeah. restaurant. I've asked you them to clean. You need a cigar and maybe a you know a glass of something. and, and an It's apron. fine. It's just a nice ambient yeah. sound. I need it's like a sound effect. Free sound effects. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, out of this bad news, of course, they they peppered in a little bit of good news. The 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 news about the new Threadripper starting at twenty four cores, forty eight threads. Of course, there's no pricing or anything yet. But original Threadripper, of course, launched at sixteen cores. The high was thirty two, of course, with that the 2990WX part, but starting at 24 is promising, especially if it launches at similar pricing. And now that we've seen Intel be very aggressive with their HEDT stuff, uh, that would be very... It's going to be interesting to see how uh, AMD responds, of course, with Threadripper, and maybe they negate some of Intel's progress there. They, yeah. they, they've got with the chiplet design, they can do some interesting mixing and matching. And um, yeah, they, 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 they can throw some granularity into there versus just big monolithic dies. And right now they can't make chips fast enough to keep up with demand. So why push into a new uh, chip when you, especially with Epic, and the fact that they're getting better, uh, well, presumably better well, versions you know, with on Epic. At least Threadripper, these could be like Epic chips that don't quite hit. Exactly, them. yeah. 
at the yes. specs and they can they can throw that down as like hey look thread ripper <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and they can you know recover some of these that may not have been fabbed as well or just didn't turn out to hit the uh, the marks and uh, yeah it's it's a nice area to put them in you cut down some of the thread count but you increase the uh, the power delivered to them and suddenly you've got this great performing thread ripper chip that is less expensive than epic but more expensive than the uh what is it now what the hell is the socket they called god my brain is broken it's so broke 15 am4 jeez yeah you know the the socket that just won't die the socket that's yeah like- yeah and that's perfectly fine but you know what the the dishes seemingly do not die behind me and it mm. and it has rattled my brain you know, uh, I was going to say something, but I have no transition at all. My mind is a blank. Let's move on quickly to uh, some of the reviews that were posted over the last couple of weeks. Uh, a number of them, but here's just a, a few of them. Uh, Fractal Design, Fractal Design, if I enunciate, or Fractal, as they're apparently transitioning to, uh they have another case, and I was I was skeptical when this when they contacted me about this because the last time we looked at a fractal design case, it was basically a defined case where they'd taken the side panels and the front off of it and put tempered glass. So it was like tempered glass on the back, on the like both sides on the front, the top. It was extremely expensive. It was two hundred and thirty nine dollars for that uh, Vision S two case that I reviewed. And in retrospect. Uh, and I was surprised when I went and looked at my other review and thinking like I was this positive about it because it didn't age well. The longer I thought about it, the probably the less positive the review would have actually gone. Uh, so in being a little bit more critical this time, I get this new case, the Vector RS. And my initial thinking and in looking over some of the specs was that, okay, here we, here we go again. The only positive I could see initially was that it was going to cost less. This one is going to be $179.99. But in taking it out of the box, looking it over and building with it, I was very impressed. And I feel like this is what Fractal should have done from the beginning. If you want a Fractal Design case and you're in that mid-tower looking for sort of a mid-premium price point, you can spend up to $200, say, the Define cases, which are less than that, they usually are in the 150 to 170 range, I think, depending on whether you get tempered glass or not. Those are like go-to cases. They're a very, very popular with builders for a reason. If you're looking for a quiet enclosure, I was very impressed with the R5 and the R6. I did not, I don't think I was the one who reviewed the R4 back in the day, but they're they're outstanding. And kind of this modular design approach where you can take out the hard drive bays, make it an open case, add them back in. In fact, the R6 even still has a single optical drive bay. And the R5 had two. But anyway, uh, this is essentially the R6 internally. It even has the modular approach to the top panel where you can pull off the top panel. You can replace it with a vented one instead of a solid one, which in this case, of course, is glass. But take that, you can have that completely removed inside the box. It comes with an alternate vented top panel uh, and the requisite filter and bracket for installing you know, fans and radiators up top. But overall, I mean, if you've seen the R6 or seen any reviews like our review of the R6, you've seen the inside of this new Vector RS case. I found it to be identical. The only thing that's really different is the outside. And then they did this really... I think tasteful implementation of RGB very much along the lines of the, the uh, be quiet dark base 700 we reviewed earlier this year, where you have just a single kind of continuous light strip going around. That's it's subtle and you can make it match your motherboard uh, lighting. If your motherboard as so many have like an RGB header on them. And I just, I had a purple theme going with the motherboard and the cooler. So I just, you know, added, this to the motherboard and it just lit up purple. So it, it was a very subtle uh, approach to RGB where normally we see tempered glass RGB. That means there's going to be three fans up front that are RGB. And I, I welcome a, a less ostentatious approach. So overall, 
thermals and noise are a big deal because this is a fractal design case. It's supposed to have low noise. And that previous tempered glass fractal case I looked at had way higher noise levels than we expect from fractal because it was having to spin the fans a lot faster to, to, to cool adequately. But they revised the intake on this. There's more space between the slats up front. There are different there are different um, design. And it took in a little bit more air. I was impressed. It was about 32 decibels at idle from a foot away with my sound meter. And it barely rose under load with the components I was using. So if you're using quiet components, that's kind of the key to any tempered glass case. Because it's not going to insulate as well as something like the Define R6, which has those sound dampening uh, pads inside of the side and front panels and top panels. So anyway, I think this is like a return to form for them and easily their best attempt at a tempered glass enclosure. You can't really go wrong when you base it on the Define R6 anyway. So check out the full review if you want to see lots of pictures and things. I didn't go really into the build because it's the same as the R6, but I linked back to that older review. And of course, uh, during the review process, uh, my RTX 2070 died on me, so I have to pick out a new graphics card for the enclosure test going forward. But I finally got to experience the dreaded uh, Space Invaders myself. I stared at my screen like, no, this is not happening. And it was. And it was irreversible. Uh, but very quickly, I know Josh... Uh, I did not yet. I still have the card. It's uh, it's actually right here. But uh, I've not tried fixing it yet. Oh, it's an Asus Contacting the company well. or anything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I liked that card. And, and one of the reasons I liked it was, uh, I mean, it's not disparaging it, but it actually produced enough noise under load for me to measure something. Because there's a lot of cards that either uh, have ultra, ultra quiet fans or they have a fan profile where basically the temperature is always the same regardless of which case they're in, which is useless. I don't need a card that's always 72 C that just ramps up the fan speed. So then you have to create custom fan. And I'm getting too far into this. We'll talk about that some more another time, but I was very impressed with the case. Give it the editor's choice. And I I went into it thinking I'm going to be really hard on this. I'm like, wow, this is great. So it won me over. And uh, uh, that led light line thing looks sharp. Yeah. Sharp. Mm-hmm. Kind of zigzags. It does look sharp. It zigzags yeah. down the front. It's asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. Has kind of that Corsair Alpha series look to the case. You know, we're we're just getting closer and closer to Tron. Living in a Tron world. Yeah, I mean, lights. I LEDs guess everywhere. Did the, did the purple have you, have you light inspire cars? you? Yeah, I have brand new cars. cars yes. with their LED I drive a headlights. car actually. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Anyway, yeah, yeah Tron. I mean, I don't, have, I don't have a Mustang. Have. I don't have a Mustang like like certain people here, but you know, I have a I have a Mazda oh. three. It gets me from point A to point B. Sporty. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it feels sporty when you put it in the sport mode, but it does not feel sporty when it's in its normal mode. It Turbo feels button. like, yeah, you press you press down the gas, and about three seconds later, decides, oh, should I be accelerating now? As you uh, you know, veer off the highway to avoid being uh, struck by a semi truck. Um, Corsair. Now, Corsair's had gaming headsets for a long time. Everybody has gaming headsets. One of the things about Corsair's lineup was it was like kind of like most of them were I think were on the southern end of one hundred dollars. There were a few that were more. I think they maybe went up to one fifty nine with the the Void Pro RGB, but they didn't really have an ultra premium headset. We, we looked at the the ROG Delta earlier this year, which was pretty high end, but still under two hundred dollars. It was one seventy nine. We've seen multiple headsets, like um, the HyperX one I looked at recently with the Odyssey planar magnetic drivers. It's three hundred bucks, and of course the Odyssey, their Odyssey headset that it's based on is four hundred dollars. So, you, and I've seen some Sennheisers. I think Chris Koch looked at some Sennheisers earlier this year, maybe the end of last year. They were like three hundred bucks. Now Corsair has some more ultra premium. Uh, Headsets on offer, although not too expensive. Even the high end, the SE, which is the slightly higher end of the two, is only two hundred nine. But what we're looking at here are headsets. These are wireless and wired, so you have you have your choice of an analog connection, 
USB uses the Type C to Type A cable, or wireless comes with a dongle, so it's 2.4 gigahertz. Uses the Slipstream wireless technology, and there's a lot of aluminum with the construction of these, especially the SE. And we're talking like aluminum yokes and aluminum trim, aluminum ear cup construction. Alum- look at even how much aluminum metal is on that on thing. the microphone. Yeah, look, the microphone. Okay, that's impressive. Has aluminum on both ends, like the connector and the mic itself is aluminum. It's just you hold this have, have thing. Have you thrown it down the stairs yet for that kind of test? I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do that. But <laughs> it if if you've ever held a gaming headset and it like kind of creaks, there's like that plasticky. Like even these AKG like headphones of mine, which are like the low end, like. $70 monitors, but these are plastic and they're kind of, you know, they make some noise. These, these headsets were dead quiet. They felt very substantial, not too heavy. They're in the 13 to 14 ounce range, but very, very well made, especially the SE. That thing is like a tank. The non SE, I got the, a white one. For some reason, I, I asked for a white one. I'm like, you know, maybe this will help me differentiate between the two. But really, the, once I saw it in person, the SE is just completely different. And I, I don't think it's even that much of a premium, you know, $20 more for for this. And it has like this laser etched RGB effect where the logo is almost invisible unless the RGB lighting is on. And then it just kind of glows through these holes that are uh, in the side of it. But anyway, you know, these are headphones, so I should probably talk about the sound a little bit, although sound, it's subjective. I didn't do like, I don't have special equipment to measure the frequency response or anything. All of those numbers are great, of course, on paper, and these are using a new 50 millimeter driver from them. So I'm thinking it's going to have some more bass, and there's kind of a gaming headset sound you often get where it's, I've described it as like a smile EQ. You have a little bit, recessed mid-range so the bass is more prominent and it makes the treble sound more prominent but these were very flat sounding very audiophile sounding didn't have really deep low bass though which was a little disappointing and that's pretty much the only fault uh they definitely sounded better plugged in via usb uh the the wireless dongle uses a slightly lower um, I mean, it goes up to 48 kilohertz. That's not a big deal. All the content I was listening to was like 44 or 48, except for a couple of high-res files to try out 96 when it was plugged in, because it'll do 96 kilohertz, 24-bit when it's plugged in. But regardless, it sounded a little clearer, a little better plugged in. So I would I would personally use these as a wired headset. Microphone quality was very good. They have really clear mid-range and treble. Some of the clearest I've ever heard from a gaming headset, certainly. And one of the best headphones I've ever heard for that. Uh, so if if clarity of sound matters to you, these are exceptionally good. And I think the consensus, when I looked around the web after my review went up, I, I felt like people were kind of saying the same thing. I didn't really love the microphone. The quality of the mic is great, but it's omnidirectional, so it doesn't do a very good job of, of rejecting background noise. Omni is pretty common for, for these mics, though, unfortunately. I'd love it if it were unidirectional and you can kind of aim it at your mouth and not pick up a bunch of noise around the room. And the other issue I had with it was possibly because of the design, there's a slot cut into the aluminum for the mic. It was picking up wind noise like you wouldn't believe. So like just breathing, it was picking up every like breath from my nose. I was angling it away from my face to cut down on wind noise, but throw a, like a foam pop filter on it and it would probably be fine. But I, very, very impressed by the sound, but don't get these if you like that like chest thumping bass, which I know Josh is a bass head and he's all about like his bassy headphones. I know, because when I need that chest thumping bass, I, I take the and I you know, if they got a really good headband, then I can squeeze it onto my chest and then I turn it up really loud and feels like someone's pushing their finger. Plus, I mean, when you're, when you're listening chest to chest thumping bass, they Come can on. sort of simulate it. You can feel it from certain headphones. But I mean, when you're listening to 128K MP3s like Josh, it's then, CD you know, quality, there, baby. There really isn't any CD quality. Uh, the last review uh, is a pomegranate. I have not. 
I have not actually read this, but I'm 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 just I like looking at this picture. Chris Koch posts a review of the Cooler Master MM710, and this is an ultralight mouse. This is that category I have not personally experienced, but it's crazy. Like 53 grams. I've I think something in the 40 grams, 40 to 50 grams is the lowest out there right now, if I'm not mistaken. But look at this thing. Like the Cooler Master logo shape has been cut out of this in various places to reduce mass and weights and just make it feather light have either of you used one of these ultralight mice yet nope i have not but it's got a pixar 33 yeah i'd keep a vacuum cleaner handy he says it's one of the most affordable and accessible options for an ultralight mouse simple he said, it didn't make me a better gamer overnight, but it did feel more like an extension of my arm than any other mouse I've used. That's pretty high praise, I guess. You, I mean, at some point, these get so light, you probably just feel like you're you're waving your hand around on your desk, which, you know, I guess that would be a sensation. I will have to try one of these. Seems like the quality is good, and we've, we're familiar with that sensor. But ultra, ultra light. Check out the full review, though. I'm not doing it justice. Um Cooler Master MM710 Pro Grade Mouse Ultra Light with Ultra Weave. That's what they're calling it. Um, Picks of the Week. Let's get those in. Jeremy, you are up first. Uh, did you know that the game where you do shit just because is 69 or 67% off right now? So if, if you enjoy just cause. Is it cause, the Go one or the. Uh, oh, just cause. No. Dang it. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about the new uh, unnamed the goose, goose game simulator. Yeah, I think I did that a lot previously. And besides, oh, okay. it's only on Epic, which just annoys me. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. but it's but still at, pretty epic. At twenty bucks. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming out on Steam very very much. So, but yeah, if you're just like running around blowing stuff up, attaching balloons to tanks, and then driving them around because you can, well, at twenty bucks, not so bad. I approve. I always approve of discounts. And 67%, that's like two-thirds. In fact, you know, it, yeah. it is two-thirds. Wow. Josh, Josh, Me. you had a pick. You know, it's it's time if, if, if you're, you know, getting a little tired of your current Kindle. They've upgraded you now. 129 bucks. Waterproof. It's mm. got a more interesting, you know, smoother be- bezel. You know, there's no dips and things. It's Last longer. It's got more memory. It's got audible. You can attach Bluetooth headphones to that mofo Ooh. and listen to audible. Interesting. It's, uh, it's, and it's got a wet you know, look. It's, yeah, it does. You can drop it in water. You can read it in your bathtub. And That's what I'm thinking. Worry. I was looking at this picture. It looks like you're at the beach or something. But like, no. what People are going to use this in the tub. That's where exactly. I would use mine. If I wasn't yeah, scared. And so, I mean, you know, every year, every year or two year, they, they really do a significant upgrade and so it's it's more efficient pulls less power battery lasts longer it's waterproof it's got the bit you know the paper white bright thing it's it's got the led lighting at night and it's just fantastic if you like reading books and not being having a soggy paperback you know, I really wonder what the carbon costs are versus, you know, like buying a paper bag because you're you're essentially sequestering carbon in that versus mm-hmm. downloading a multiple megabyte file. I'm 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 you're talking about the carbon answer. footprint of a Kindle download versus a book. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Depends on how long you use the Kindle for. Because I'm I'm a nerd that way, but then you got to talk about shipping and then process yeah it's it's probably all i know is i wouldn't have a callus in the middle of my hand thanks to brandon sanderson's Oathbringer. that's a rather rather large book you see that really good wait why did you have a callus in your palm what were you doing while reading this because he was holding on to a rather large book it's that Mm -hmm. thick it's 780 pages it's that thick jeremy oh mine's 1200 bragging quit bragging i can go get it for you if you want no i don't 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 pull it out don't pull it out of the video. Don't, don't pull out the big 1,200-pager. <laughs> yeah, don't pull out the girthy... Uh, yeah, anyway. Wow, it is. I, I forgot yeah, that mine's it was soft that cover, big. but frickin' hell, it's uh, it's weighty. It's such a good book. I can't wait to do the is. next one. 
Yeah. All right. I quickly, I actually have a pick for the first time in about a month, I think, which is something that I recently bought. I physically have it. And of course I didn't grab it. So it's upstairs. I'm not going to go get it right now, but I have a raspberry Pi three B plus. I got about a, I think I got it last Christmas and I haven't even used it yet. I keep waiting. I had all, I had all these ideas and plans for it. And of course I've been too busy to do anything, but the, the case was a big thing for me. Like, what am I going to put this in? I have all these custom cases and I'm a retro computer nerd. So I'm thinking I'll get like a, a little custom made Atari ST or like, or, you know, like a Amiga 500 case for it. And I found those on Etsy and they're like 25 or $30 on Amazon. You can buy from retro power. They make little like Lego compatible, like brick oh, cases hey. for, and you can buy it in the NES Super NES Genesis, and you build it yourself. Like this is 307 bricks. This one that I bought, I got the original NES, and I liked this one because the front is is hinged where you'd normally like the design where you'd put in the cartridge that you lift it up and you put in the USB and Ethernet. And I liked that aspect of the design because the SNES one is just open on the front. But this thing looks great. I actually, I think LGR did a build of this. I'll have to see if that video. I think he did a build of this. So like the retro power people sent him a couple of these, but so you can find that on YouTube. $15 though. All three of these are 15 bucks of free prime shipping and very impressive. I mean, I'm sure I'll be even more impressed once I actually open the box and build this. It'll be another year. I'm not I'm baby steps. I've got the case. I've got the pie and maybe by 2000, like 2022, or so, I'll actually have the two together, and then I'll be one of the many who have retro pie going in my living room. But uh, I think that's our show that's for this it. week. It was a shorter one, uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back chatting about more and more things, and hopefully there'll be more concrete announcements about things. Hey, maybe by the next time we talk to you guys, we'll have even more new hardware releases to talk about. But until next time. Thanks for watching or listening. Mm-hmm.